Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast. Join me every other week to hear data professionals discuss how data is used in various industries, get inspired, get your field of tips to help you overcome challenges on your career, and feel great. Let's get straight into it. Hello, this is episode 16 of the Women in Data podcast, Finding Opportunity in Uncertainty. I am joined today by Lara Islan, Director for Advertising Data and Analytics at ITV. Lara is one of the Data IQ 100 most influential people in data in 2020 and one of the Women in Data's 20 in Data and Technology 2018. Lara's career in media led her to work with brands like AOL, Disney, Telegraph, etc. And today, she will share her passion for change and facilitating change in businesses, along with tips to navigate uncertainty. Hi, Lara. Good morning, Karen. How are you? Hi, I'm well. I'm well. Thank you for that introduction. It's very, very flattering. Well. <laughs> You're very welcome. It's just full of truth. So. <laughs> um, we're going to talk a lot about changes in business, how they affect people, but also how to navigate uncertainty, which is quite a hot topic right now with everything that's happening with COVID. Things are changing at a really fast pace. And I'm really keen to hear all of that. But before we get to it, could you tell us a bit about yourself, your role at ITV and everything that you're passionate about, I guess. Sure. So, um, yeah, I'm Laurie Islan, as you, as you kindly introduced me. I guess in terms of a professional introduction, I, um, I've been working in the digital media space for many, many years, all except for the first two years of my career, actually, when I, when I did a role in, in investment banking and realized that it wasn't exactly for me. So I, I moved into digital media and I've worked in many different disciplines, actually, within, within digital media. So always in data-focused roles, but I've been in uh, consumer research teams. I've been, I worked in strategic planning roles for, I think, three different companies, actually. And then most recently, in the last uh, eight to 10 years or so, in the advertising technology space. In my current role at ITV, I lead a team of data analysts and data product specialists. And we together develop commercial advertising solutions using ITV's you know, vast first-party uh, data assets. I joined ITV and, and basically uh, you know, it was my first role in, in the TV industry just over a year ago. Uh, it was a brand new role for the company at the time, actually. So my first task was to, to hire a team. Uh, and I think I have a team of rock stars, which I'm very proud of. And then you know, sort of building new capabilities for the business. And bringing the business along in terms of illuminating the, the possibilities and, and, and opportunities that data can bring to facilitate the digital transformation that was already happening, that is happening now at ITV. So it was a very, very exciting time for me professionally. That sounds great. I love the fact that you describe your teams as um, rock stars. Yes, they um, are. That's <laughs> what I always say. <laughs> 
through the short history you, you gave us, the short summary of your career, you can tell that change is something that you're passionate about. So you did start with finance, change to media, but even within that, went through different things. Most people would panic a bit when they hear business transformation. Uh, I, I definitely know I would get a bit anxious with, oh my God, what's happening? But this is a space where you're striving in. Why would you say that is? Uh, it's a really interesting thing. I, it's, it's only been very recent that I came to the realization that change and transformation has been a theme in my career. I always sort of thought I, I ended up in those situations, you know, serendipitously or something like that. But I, I think looking back and reflecting, my choices have been guided by the fact that there's something about change and transformation that have, that have attracted me to these roles. And I, the first thing I want to say, Karen, is, is obviously I'm not an academic expert by, by any, any means in this topic area. And there are many accomplished authors that have written on business transformation and even personal transformation. I really admire the literature out there. You know, I'm a big fan of, of this, this topic. So I'm not coming from the perspective of an academic expert at all, but I do have extensive personal experience, as I've just mentioned, from working in all of these companies. So there's, there's an element of change that I've experienced in the roles I've done at all of these companies. But each one of these companies were also in industries that were undergoing significant either consumer disruption, business transformation or kind of industry-wide changes you know, as a whole. It's just always been really exciting. I think if I think about what, if, if I try to break it down to what attracts me to, to these sorts of roles, I think I'm, from, my, from my professional and academic life, like my studies have always been focused on two sides that until very recently, I would say, have not been linked academically. So I've, you know, I've done my degree in economics and, and done a business, uh, a degree in business administration, but I've always focused on courses that talk about social behavior and uh, behavioral science and, and how people react to things. And I guess in, you know, kind of subconsciously, I've always been trying to connect, connect the two. In periods of, of transformation and business transformation, I think that juxtaposition is is so important, but in my experience at least, often not, there was, there's not enough emphasis on that. So when you're thinking about change in, biz, change in business or changes in industry, how do you bring the people side of it along? How do you respond to consumer, change, consumer behavioral changes? How do you help the people within the business, the culture within the business change alongside the business transformation that happens? I think it's a combination of those things that kind of my my interest in these sorts of topics, but then seeing them live in the, in, in the working environment is what keeps drawing me back. Sometimes you're like, you think oh, you're going to do it again, and then it's going to be, you know, you're going to do it better, and then you do it again, and then hopefully with the experience, you can do it even, even better. And I think that draws me to this, to, to, to digital transformation and the challenge of it. And in terms of, you mentioned bringing the culture along with it. What, what do you mean by that? I think when we think of transformation in businesses, what typically comes to mind, or, or even when you're in a business that is preparing for organizing itself to, trans, to, to transform its business processes, what comes to mind is 
is the technology, right? The, the platform changes, the operational changes that need to happen. And this is, this is huge, you know, in businesses where, where technology systems have been there for a long, long time and embedded in so many different daily processes. The idea of upgrading uh, uh, or implementing new, new technology is, is massive. It's all-consuming. And in many cases, especially in the last 10 years, I think, if it feels never-ending. You can always do more. And these changes are coming at a faster and faster pace. So it completely makes sense to focus, you know, that, be, that businesses focus on that. But technology is only one aspect of transformation, as we all know. And in, at least in the examples that I've seen, where it's worked really well, the business at the very highest levels have bought in and focused on embedding cultural change because that is, that is what's going to help to embed you know, the, the, the changes in, in the organization, you know, to, help it, to help the people and teams evolve as processes and technologies evolve as well. I guess, I don't know if I can jump into, jump into this a little bit more. So in, in my experience, in, in the companies where I've seen it worked, working really well, is when data, for example, so, you know, there's a lot of talk about investment in data and data technology infrastructure in businesses. When data is embedded as part of the process of change, you know, so it plays a role as a facilitator or enabler of the cultural and technology change, then it works really well, you know. And as you know, there's, there's many ways to use data to, to help a company evolve. I can give you a couple of examples. So, you know, if we're using data to, to derive insights to help the teams understand what is changing and why and start to use it to look for opportunities during that transformation, then it starts to get embedded in culture. Or another example, you know, looking to data to define the goals and objectives that, that individuals can relate to, and that will help them to track progress during change, track their own personal and team progress against the wider business objective of, of change. And actually, a, a very salient example, when I was working in the newspaper business, where I was for seven years, and that was going through a print to digital transformation, actually making the, the data, uh, the metrics for the new world order, like, you know, to, to understand what, is the, what are the metrics that we need to understand and push forward in the new business when it, when it lands, it helps to bring people along because it sparks the conversation around, okay, so these are the metrics that are going to matter in the new world. How can we as a team figure out how we can collectively get there. What are the steps that we need to get there to, to achieve those metrics? I think that's part of it, you know, making, in, in the case of data, making that part of the facilitation of change rather than the end goal of change in and of itself. So it's basically including data and people in all the, the process of change, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, it's ensuring that we have a balanced strategy to support change. You know, so yes, you you will have to have the, the technology drivers for change, but you need to blend that with how the technology and the data support the people as you go through the phases of, of that change. And that blend, I think, the right blend of the people and technology impact is what helps to kind of smooth, you know, successful digital transformation. You mentioned so technology changing really fast, so it feels like it's never ending. You also spoke about something that's really great and had to be massive, going from so newspapers to 
digital uh, this has to be massive do, do you feel like there is a race on oh how fast can we get there and who gets there first Definitely. I think in media specifically, there have been a number of changes that have that's contributed to that urgency that you've talked about, right? One of the, the big elements there is, there are a few elements actually uh, that we should touch on. One is the, the change in consumer behavior. So consumers, they're interacting with content in a very different way today than they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And that change has happened, you know, in, in, the, in the wider scheme of things. If you think about like newspapers having been around for, I don't know, 150 years or more. If you look at just the last 10 to 20 years, the change in the, in, in the way um, users are consuming media has changed so much. So, so one of the contributors to the urgency is how fast consumer behavior is changing when it comes to consuming goods and services. The other element that is particularly, uh, puts particular a sense of urgency on media, but I think it affects quite a few other industries as well, is the emergence of big global technology competitors, right? Um, we don't need to specifically mention their names, but you know, they have far-reaching influence, both at a consumer level and, and across many different business areas. And, you know, the, the massive business allows them access to almost unlimited assets to invest. And that makes them very formidable competitors because they play in the consumer space. You know, they help to, they help to drive the consumer behavioral changes that we've seen. And at the same time, they're building goods and services to commercialize or monetize those changes in behaviors. And that, that makes for very formidable competition. Those two things together means that, you know, businesses in media and some other industries, you know, feel the pressure to uh, catch up. I think we're always in this mode of how can we move fast enough? How can we transform ourselves and continuously transform ourselves? Hence the, the comment about this faster and faster pace. And it feels never ending because the game almost changes all the time. The end goal almost changes all the time. I think that adds to the urgency uh, that we're all feeling you know, today. So let's blame the big, <laughs> the big technology companies coming on the market to drive all this change. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, there's always the, a good and bad side to, to everything. I mean, I, I do firmly believe that you need a healthy, you need healthy competition in any sphere, uh, business especially, in order to push yourself to create better and better products and services uh, for your, you know, for your end consumer. And you and I are end consumers, right? Like we benefit from this. Yeah. We, we benefit from the fact that we can do this call and interact with, um, with our environment in new ways. And we have to, in some ways, thank the technology giants for that. I think it's, it's trying to figure out how, again, you can get that balance, right? I mean, for com it's going to be hard for the majority of companies to compete. So, you know, in, in some ways, I think looking at what makes your own company great and good at what it does and focusing on those unique competencies and trying to figure out how those big technology firms and other, you know, other technology platforms and data platforms can support you in doing what it is that you do really, really well with that blend of culture. And, and technological impact. I think, you know, that's probably the safest way forward. 
yeah. you know, in terms of long-term, you know, long-term viability. With COVID and lockdown and everything going on at the moment, there is a lot of change around. So we've seen it already. So the way people are doing business, we've seen a lot of businesses not being able to to open uh, because of the current situation. So I, I'm guessing this is a massive change driver for us all. What do you think the learnings should be from that? And how do you think we should tackle all this? I think, you know, in terms of the crisis, obviously huge, uh, you know, it's been a huge impact on, on society in, in, many, in many, many ways. If I can just focus on the positive learnings, I think. Firstly, it's been a great catalyst for change. I think it, within media, as I said before, we've been changing already. We've, we've had to change because of the pressures of changing consumer behavior and changing competitive landscape. But what this has done is really like you have, we've had to put our foot down on the gas. Like we've really had to accelerate the transition that was already happening. So I guess the, the good thing is, you know, we were already preparing for change. We were already going through the process. And the last three or four months has, has in a way tested us to see how fast we can go. You know how agile we can be with all of the investments we've been that we've been making, both from a cultural and technological perspective, and you know how agile, how flexible, how how we can put automation, for example, to good use to kind of help you know help businesses, help the advertisers that work with us to continue to uh, to speak to consumers. So I think definitely you know one learning is building upon the the technology and cultural change is to kind of accelerate that agility you know and that is something that we will we will take forward because to be honest I think we will be in uncertain times for quite a while yet so the learnings yeah. that we've we've had around being agile being flexible will hold us in good stead for for a good while I think if I can pull another positive out of this, and I guess I touched on this already, you know, as I said, we, we were already going through business transformation, you know, in response to changing um, consumer and business landscapes beforehand. But I think that this lockdown, this crisis period has shifted the focus from purely technology investment perspective to and bringing the, the people side, the cultural side back into focus. Because all of a sudden, we had to really quickly figure out, can all this tech that we've put together for our business, can this actually empower our employees who are now located in you know, rooms within their homes? All this technology that we've put together, how can this actually help the businesses, the customers that we support to continue to do their business, to continue to reach the people that they want to reach? Another way, actually, that I see as a positive is especially in the media technology, advertising technology space that I've been, you know, for many years, it's been a race to kind of who's got the best platforms, who's got the, you know, what is the, the best data-driven products that we can put out there, et cetera, et cetera. Then all of a sudden in lockdown, because of the social pressures, because of the, you know, the, the community aspect of what's happened and the sensitivities that have arisen from that, all of a sudden people have been focusing on the creative again. Like what is the right type of creative? What is the right message? What is the right imagery that we need to put in front of people to be sensitive to, you know, businesses still need to sell their product and that's what advertising is there for. But actually, they, you know, they've had to put that in the context of real people and the creative is the, is the expression of that. 
And so what, what I find really positive is that, you know, as a media industry, we, we're talking about the creative again. We're talking about cultural impact. We're talking about speaking to uh, consumer mindsets in a way and, and using data and technology to facilitate that. But it kind of brings, again, you know, what I said right at the start, the, the human side of it and the business side of it into, into the process. I was reading yesterday an article about how we use the brain to make better decisions and live better. And they were saying that, oh, we're living right now in a society that uses the left brain more. So everything that is analytical. So obviously Mm -hmm. we work in data, so we use it heavily. But to get the best output, you would need to use both. So the left and the right. So being able to see perspective and then the creative side of things um, using your imagination and from what you're saying what I'm hearing is now businesses at least in media have been using a bit of both to be able to go through these things it's it's pretty fascinating it is fascinating isn't it yeah yeah and it's it's fascinating to um to see it in practice I think I read a lot about these topics I find it I find it so interesting uh, at a theoretical level, but when you when you look at how people have been one been impacted, but two been responding to the change and to the, the unending uncertainty, it, it's really fascinating how people have responded, and, um, and and you can see those theories come to life, really. Yeah, and so we we spoke quite a lot about transforming business, um, etc. But for the business transforming, that also people, uh, yeah. and especially nowadays, we're all changing so our lives has completely changed how do you um handle all these change and transformation i think um you know we've said it we've we've said the two words almost interchangeably but there's a connection there right so with change and transformation i think comes uncertainty as standard right and and we know that you know there, there are many many research and academic articles and books on this, but we know that people find it difficult to cope with uncertainty. You talked about the left brain, right brain. There's also the brilliant work by you know Daniel Kahneman on system one, system two thinking. And there's so many other be- great behavioral science thinkers that that have looked at this. I guess from my my own sort of personal experience and observations. I do think that it is necessarily going to be different for different people. So I think for businesses, especially providing flexibility is key. I think it's important to enable yourself, your your employees to find the best way of allowing individuals to, to, you know, to put together their, whether it be their environment, their working patterns, their, the, the blend of the type of work that they do so they can cope and thrive through periods of change. I did have three things in particular I thought I would touch on here and I'll try to do it quickly. I think the first thing that is important in terms of being able to handle and embrace change is to encourage diverse perspectives, right? There's a lot of conversation now around diversity and inclusion. And I think it's it's a really important aspect for success during digital transformations in businesses, but also how people cope with uncertainty. And I think it's, you know, having the different viewpoints in the room, you know, having a diverse team with diverse background and experiences, one, and then ensuring that you allow everyone's perspective to have a voice 
because there will be introverts and extroverts in that team, uh, you know, ne necessarily because you're, you're assembling a team that has diverse perspectives. To give everyone a voice, then you have a much better chance of spotting the opportunities. So I think diversity is key. And as a people manager myself, in these periods of change, allowing as many perspectives and ideas as possible to come up is really positive because you will find one or two things where you can start to see opportunity from you know what feels like a very difficult period um, number two i think is um, very simply it's kind of think long term so in my experience when businesses talk about transformation it's like a medium term thing it might be a business uh, like when i was working in finance that that we're looking at mergers and acquisition activities. So it's all about how do we close this deal within the next 12 months? Or if it's uh, businesses on the media side of things, then transformation tends to, to look like a three-year plan or a five-year plan. I think what I'm saying is, these plans are all great, by the way. Obviously, you need to have a plan, otherwise you never get anywhere. But sometimes these plans don't always support kind of individuals in, in coping and, and thriving during these periods of change and uncertainty. I think my view here is to have an even longer range plan, right? You know, something that you, you as an individual or the industry is working towards that is beyond the transformation that you're talking about. I think there's comfort and inspiration in realizing that the challenge is, is bigger than just what's happening right now. It's the long game. And then the third thing really quickly, and this is going to sound completely contradictory to my second point, is it helps to focus on your sphere of influence. It helps to look at the changes that you can affect as an individual and as a, and as a team. And I think that's complementary to the long game idea. Um, you know, from a business perspective, obviously no major transformation happens overnight you know, it requires incremental gains towards an, an objective. And that, that means everybody has to play their part, right? So it makes sense from a business sort of perspective to think about focusing on what you can do yourself. But I think it also taps into that natural human desire to want to feel achievement, to want to feel like you're making progress. So focusing on the changes that you can contribute to, and I'm not just saying like only the things you can do, it's also the things you can influence. And sometimes that might mean pushing the door a little bit so that you can, can challenge the status quo and help to change things. But it keeps us feeling positive. It keeps us feeling motivated. And that adds to personal well-being. And personal well-being, you know, in turn results in better work. And then you start to create a virtuous cycle, right? So, you know, kind of focusing on what you can do and what you can influence in a period of a long game of, uh, you know, long-term objectives and medium-term transformation, I think, altogether complements itself in terms of helping, helping a person, help, helping me, certainly, in my experience, to embrace and to um, achieve the best of myself in periods of change. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say the two are contradictory. I would say they're more complementary because, yeah. the, especially as a, as a human being, it's really hard to think long term. So even as one individual, so and businesses they have issues that are for now, especially when things are changing. So this makes me think of one episode we've had with Janine Woodcock, where she was talking about focusing on the sphere of influence, as you call it. She called it circle of influence. And it, it's very true that so if you focus there then it, it frees your brain to think 
farther in time and makes you because if you're always focusing on okay long term so you know the long term goal is here but if you put all your focus in there it, it can be overwhelming because as you yes. said you're not seeing things happening so if you're focusing on also so keeping this long-term goal in mind you have it but also remembering that you have things happening right now i'm doing loads of movements with my hands here no one is saying yeah. that. <laughs> so if you're seeing this um what's happening right now keeping in mind the longer term as you said it's going to bring you in a better mindset to actually reach that goal what do you think no i i absolutely I absolutely agree. I think if I put those three kind of things that I talked about together, that that super long-term vision, it allows you to develop some principles for how you want to live, how you want to work, um, how you want to interact with others. But then it's about bringing in the flexibility and the agility in your day-to-day, week-to-week actions and interactions and focusing on the things that you can achieve, the things you can learn and feeling productive. You know, I think bringing those two things together is what can help you to really thrive in, you know, what will continue to be a changing and transformative world, I think, for the foreseeable future. So as you say, it is very complementary concepts thank you so much lara for sharing your knowledge on transformation and thriving in uncertainty with us today oh you're very welcome it's my pleasure thank you for listening to the women in data podcast if you don't want to miss the next episode make sure you follow us on spotify apple podcast or on linkedin you can also register to the community for free by heading to womenindata.co.uk We would love to hear from you, so don't be shy and drop us some feedback or a review. This will help us enhance the content and bring the guests that you want to hear from. Have a great day.